Hey everyone, before we start on this episode, we wanted to let you know that you can watch our Catalog and Cocktails episode live with us every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central via Zoom. Check the link in our bio for more information, and we hope you join us in the discussion in real time. Now, let's get back to the episode. Hello, everyone. Welcome. It is November 4th. It is Wednesday once again, and it's time for Catalog and Cocktails. It's your weekly live hangout where it's an honest, no BS, non-salesy conversation about enterprise data management with tasty beverages in hand. And before we go in to talk about what we're drinking and what we're talking about today, I'm Tim Gasper. Uh, I am the Director of Product at Data.World, joined also by a co-host, Juan Cicada. Hello, everybody. Good, happy Wednesday. I'm Juan Cicada. I'm the principal scientist at Data.World, and always a pleasure to take a break during the middle of the week and join my friend Tim and just chat about data. How are you doing, Tim? I'm doing great. How are you? It's uh, It's been a very, I, I got really good sleep last night, and it's been very uneventful overall, I would say. There you go. Well, I'm really <laughs> excited today to have a conversation about a topic that has been inspired by one of our friends and and loyal uh, listener, our friend Alan, uh, who is uh, who always is here. And he inspired this topic asking a couple of weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, a couple of months ago, probably. We were like, what is the next topic we should go uh, talk about? And he said, documentation. Yeah, that's we've had this one that, for a little while. Yeah, that's something that we're here. So with that, I want to introduce my other really good friend who's here, my friend Will Briggs. Will is uh, somebody who I've known for a long time. Uh, over a decade when we were back at, we were both at UT, uh, and uh, here we are now. Again, uh, we, we spent time together at our previous company, Capsenta, and now we're at Data.World. How are you doing, Will? I'm great. It's great to be here. I'm excited about this uh, this topic of conversation. Yeah. Documentation. Everybody always gets excited when you talk about documentation, right? Like, that's the first thing people want to do is, like, before they even get started doing any work, they just, how are we going to document this, right? How are we going to? I love documentation, said everyone, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anyways, cheers. I'm, I'm, I'm having a, a gin and tonic. I'm still drinking this Roku gin, the Japanese gin. It's actually really, really good. So I'm enjoying this. What are you guys up to today? What are you guys drinking? I'm drinking a, uh, a Cleveland whiskey, actually. It's called Smokin', and it's by the... Uh, the, uh, I believe it's the Cleveland Whiskey Company, and uh, in commemoration to Will, because Will uh, went to Case Western. I see you got the right hat there. Yeah, I got this Case Western hat. Somebody else went to Case Western that that I think you and I both know, Tim. I think it was you. Yeah, it was me. Yeah, I oh, went well. there. Yeah. <laughs> so Will put on his Case Western hat. I had to put in my UT computer science hat on. So there we go. <laughs> I, I don't have a Case hat, so it just says Cleveland Browns. So uh, at least I'm giving the shout out to Cleveland. Anyway, so just as a quick reminder, uh, we are having these live podcast recording every Wednesday at 4 p.m. Central for 30 minutes. And then we want you to kind of stick around and have like the quote unquote after party and we can have live discussions. Uh, please uh, join our Slack community. If you go to slack.data.world, it's really cool to start having discussions and we're kind of wrapping up and sharing our, our thoughts or takeaways after each other discussion. So join us there and uh, feel free to join us here on the chat too live because we love getting questions and and kind of going through this and and share where you're coming from and what are you drinking on the chat and we'll follow through 
Oh, so please, please make sure you join us live because that's where you get the most fun. But uh, if you can't, yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of things happen jogging. after uh, the four thirty mark, right? Yeah, some of the best conversations. So it is. Um, so the last episode, and kind of we've had this this whole topic about data culture, and this last episode was about agile data sprints. And I think this all ties in nicely with this topic today about documentation, because about any type of in a, in a sprint, any coding sprint or stuff, you always have documentation. And we don't talk about documentation of data. And that's our topic for today. So, uh, Will, should we document our data? Um, you know, that's a good question. I, I think, honestly, I think, you know, maybe you can just uh, just have data and not not know anything about it. And then it'll still be incredibly useful to you. I think, uh, no, absolutely. Absolutely. We should be documenting our data. And and like you said, this is, uh, I was as I was prepping for this conversation, uh, I kept coming back to code and, and comparing how we produce data to how we produce code. And you can you imagine writing code without any comments in it or writing code and then not producing any help pages or anything like that? We do this all the time with data and, and yet, and yet it doesn't make sense. I mean, it's, and the other thing I, I thought of is, you know, what we do sometimes with data, when we do document it, we do it after the fact, right? So that's like, that's like if we wrote code, you know, Pushed it, pushed it to the product, and then later on, you know, a couple of weeks later, went in and commented it. You know, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. It just doesn't make sense. I mean, that's what you do when you're like in school and you're learning to code and program, right? Um, and that's fine for school, small pet projects, but not for the real world. Not for, not in the enterprise. I mean, if you would do that in the enterprise, I don't think you would have a job. Yeah, exactly. And yet we do it all the time with data. So why is that? Well, I mean, I think the, the, the most obvious one is that no one has ever said, I love documentation, right? It's, it's, it's an extra step. It's another thing that you have to think about that doesn't seem necessary, right? Like it works, the query works. Why do I have to tell you what the query is saying? Or why do I have to tell you what this transformation was? I mean, it works. And so I think too often it's, it's an afterthought. It's, Maybe when I go share this with somebody, I'll have to write it up just so I, I can share it. But you know, I, I know that I've come back to, to data projects and I didn't document them well enough and I don't know what I did. I don't know what I was thinking six months ago. Yeah, it seems like when people gotta take shortcuts or you're like, ah, it just, you know, I gotta move on this quickly. You gotta cut something, right? Yeah. You're gonna cut, yeah. oh, well, I'll just, I'll document it later, right? Right, right, and no, nobody ever comes back to that later. <laughs> It doesn't happen. Yeah, that's interesting. And you know, when you think about when you think about documentation, like what what is what does good documentation mean in the context of of data? Like what what is what is good sort of usable documentation? And specifically, like what what is what does success mean in the context of documentation? Yeah, that's that's a really good question because I think I think part of the, part of the issue is is you don't you don't want to to over document right because that is you want to make it as lightweight as possible, right? Like, like just like when you're asking somebody to document their code, they don't have to, you don't want them to comment every single line in the code. You just need a general idea of, of what's going on. So I think, you know, when you're producing, uh, it depends on really what you're producing and, uh, and where in the pipeline it is. So for example, if you're, if you're just doing like an ad hoc query, this might get reused, it might not get reused. Um, 
yeah, you need to write down what you did. You you want to write a little summary, maybe you want you definitely want a couple comments in that in that SQL query, but that's probably going to be enough. Um, if this is something that's long lived, if this is you know a, a view that backs your entire application, you're going to want to have that extremely well documented. And I think you, I think you know it's successful if if that documentation. Well, one if it if it allows well. There's a couple different ways. One, so one of the things is one of the things that we run into a lot is um, a lot of the sometimes the the data engineers who produce this can be the bottleneck, right? So we can see, you know, we can see um, anybody who's wanting to use this data keep coming back to them and asking them questions in person, writing them emails. So one of the ways you know that your documentation is successful is if you're that data engineer, you write up this documentation. Anytime somebody comes for a question, you point them to the documentation and that answers the question, right? So, so one of the things is, are you answering the question that your users need to know? Um, I would say that's, that's the easiest one. Um, and then I also think, uh, you know, you want to have, uh, you want to make sure that, um, that it's maintained. So, so mm -hmm. if documentation gets out of date, then that's another way for it to not be successful because then it's, it's wrong. And so, you want to make sure that as as long as it's you know enough information and as long as it's kept up to date, I think I think it has has been successful. So is it answering the business question, the sort of the use case that people need to use it for, and is it timely? Is it up to date? Yeah, but I, I would. So what exactly are we documenting? You mentioned right there like queries, right? That's one thing. We, the views, but um, you think about it, you want to document the data set itself, right? Uh, you want to document uh, the, the 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 columns around the data set, right? The how the data set was prepared, uh, the the tools, uh, the 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 people that were probably even uh, interviewed or, or discussed to go figure out how to pull this together. So, in, in your experience, well, like what are the things that you would that you want to be able to go that you should be documenting, like the must-haves versus the nice-to-haves? Um, that's a really great question. And I think, and one of the things that I think we, we keep coming back to with our customers, we keep finding again and again, is everybody wants to know how did this get here, right? So that, to me, that, that lineage question is one of the big pieces that everybody wants to know. So it's kind of what you're saying is, is where did this column come from? What transformations did this column go through to get to where it is now, so I, I think that's that's a huge one that is is really overlooked. But but hold on, so so the thing is like data lineage is a topic that we hear a lot, and we're like oh expecting almost magic, right? To go come, I want a system to go in and figure out what this code came where where this stuff comes from. But if we had like a really sane process that we were documenting. A lot of those answers we would get, we would we would not have to rely on some data lineage kind of capabilities. I mean, I, I'm not saying we don't need data lineage, and I'm not saying that good doc, that documentation is going to replace it, but I think it really complements it, and 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 you get that extra context that you just can't get out of by automatically looking at code. I think that's something Absolutely. that we really need to value. Yeah, yeah, and I was I was talking with with a, our good friend Alan about this, and uh, and he was saying and he was saying how they manage that is they make that uh, documentation part of the process and actually part of the view in the database. So in their in their description column of that view, it has those things you want to know. It has the source system. It has the source column. And yes, this is all manually entered. I think that is kind of the state of the art right now. And, and I also think that that is, uh, that is a way for, um, 
that's a way to get started, right? Like before you go and buy an expensive lineage tool, right? First, just, just do it manually for a little bit. That helps you learn what exactly you need to keep track of. Uh, how do you um how do you enforce that though like how do you make sure that people do that like as a product manager i think of like acceptance criteria like does it have to be a part of the acceptance criteria like a table's not done unless unless you've added descriptions to everything yeah i i think it should be and i think that's one of those things that's that's not really practiced now and not really enforced now but just like you know, just like when you when you go through code, right? If if it's not commented, it's not done yet, right? If, if somebody if, if, else if, can't pick it up and see it, it's not done yet. And it's the same way with creating a view. Like it has to be a part of the process and has to be something that this data product is not ready for use yet until you've you've answered these questions. Going back to the conversation we had last week about your agile data sprints and, and the notion of peer reviewing, I mean, this is part of it. We we will go have when you go through the peer review and you're going to go do a pull request on this, somebody's going to say, this is not document. I'm not going to accept it. Go back. And at that point, it's, it's, it's truly not, it's not that here's this gigantic data set where I don't know where things come from. I now have to go ad hoc post kind of document it. It's like in the process while you're developing, go document it. And the work is going to be small. And what, and so, I mean, back to your comment, Tim, I think, how is this enforced? we enforce it ourselves as peers. Like I do not want to let my peer, my, my colleague go put in crappy data. And, 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 and I think data without documentation is crappy data, even though the data may be perfect, whatever, but I mean, how are we going to go? know? how are we going to know if this is actually beautiful, useful data? Yeah. Well, I guess that's a, a lot of the culture tie-in, right. And why, why we kind of tagged it onto the end of this whole culture conversation is that it has to be a part of sort of how you do business, what is normal in your organization. Right. Uh, yeah. And the other thing I want to add there is that as you're, as you're setting up these systems of, of these acceptance criteria that has to be met, you want to make sure that it's not too heavy, right? That's, that's the one thing that'll stop people dead in their tracks. If there's a million things that they have to write down that they have to document uh, before they can even, you know, release this product, they'll just not do any of it. Like they'll just avoid all of it. And so I think as long as you, it, you need to spend some time upfront to really decide, okay, what are the specific things that we need to know that are going to help us understand this later? Well, yeah. I think this is also part of defining what is your methodology within your organization on how to develop data, right? So, and it goes back to like, who's responsible? So, so again, I ask always, and I think now in every episode I'm asking, like, who is responsible for your data? And I think having this documentation is is part of the is part of the role of the person who has to take that responsibility. I think this is this is what we need to start thinking about within organizations. And ask yourself within your organization, who is responsible for your data? And if you don't have a clear answer for that, I would be very worried because we treat data as oh, data is the new oil and all that stuff, yada yada. But we're not treating data with the respect it deserves. Imagine take, imagine pushing code to to production to master and it has no comments. Yeah, I think I think that's a really interesting question, right? Who who is responsible? And you know, I, I think there's a lot of you know just before you jump in, Will, I think there's a lot of um, conflict about like who should document it. Like for example, even at data.world, right? We have a, a product science team, there are data science team. And there's the people who kind of create the table, right? Maybe they're working in D, uh, DBT or something like that. They're creating the table, right? There's an opportunity for them to maybe document the data. 
but then you've got somebody who just got access to the data and they had to figure out what the data was in order to use it. Now they know that was the moment where they could have documented it, right? Like who who's responsible? Yeah, and I, I think this is another area where that relationship to code is is really valuable, right? So if I'm writing a Python script that I'm just gonna use it, I might come back to it in six months. I'd like to have it in my back pocket. I will document it enough for me so that I know I will put enough comments so that I can understand it later. If I'm creating a huge piece of code that will be part of the product, that will be long lived, that other people will need to understand, then it's gonna be much better documented. And it, and it even might be a thing where I'm documenting all of this code, and then there's even somebody who comes along later who produces a, a more consumer-friendly version of that documentation. So if you have, so if you think about the data the same way, right? Like if I'm if I'm doing a little analysis that's just to answer a question that I need answered, I need to document it enough that I can come back to it later. But if I'm creating something that's going to be long-lived, if I'm creating something that's going to maybe back my entire application, right? That's the, that's an area where I want to make sure that it's really well documented, and then maybe there's even another person who would come in and document it further. Um, so I think it depends on it depends on the size of your organization, it depends on the size of your your products, but ultimately the person who writes it is the person who's most responsible the first time around. Okay. The person so, who who uses it. Go ahead. No. So I was going to say. Who is then the audience for the documentation? Because you're saying I'm writing like you're giving an example of code, or like I write the, I'm adding documentation for me, okay? But then there is for somebody else who's going to read the code. When if it's for if you're if you're pushing that code for an application, what is it for data? And and, and exactly if we think about it, the, the what are the things that we're documenting? So let's go a little bit into the details. So what are the actual things that we should be documenting? Who should be documenting them? And and who's the audience for that documentation? Right. So, so for things that we are we are documenting, I think one of the things um, one of the things that's that's crucial is 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 what is you know especially when you're doing tra SQL transforms, like what is the source system? Where is this coming from? Right. Like this is being able to find how this thing was built is I would say the most crucial thing to document. Right. So just adding adding that information, whether that's adding it in, in the description in the view, just having that accessible somewhere. Then the second thing I would say that that we don't that we don't really think about with data is the code that manipulates the data, right? Like a lot of times these these SQL queries that we use to do transforms, we'll put comments in there, but how often do those SQL queries get checked into GitHub? You know, how often do those actually become long-lived assets? Like you, you're not you don't we don't think about them in the same way, even though it is it's code, it's it's crucial, it's critical. We just we tend to have this. Uh, this different view of, of SQL for, for whatever reason. So I think, you know, I would say one is, is documenting that, that lineage as, you know, as, uh, as, as granular as you can get. If you can say this column came from this source table, this column, that's all you need to know. Um, and then the other thing I think you want to document is um, when did these things happen, right? When do changes get made, right? So you're going to, uh, for example, um, let's say you have this SQL query that produces a report, and then you have uh, you want to you've decided you're thinking about giving your your customers a discount, right? And so you write another version of the SQL query that has that discount added in there. You want to know when that happened. You want to know when that change was made. You want to know who made that change, and you want to know why. So as you as this code grows and evolves, 
um, you want to keep be able to keep track of all those changes. So, so this is great. So I'm just to kind of recap what to code you're saying, what, what to document where this is coming from, right? And then hopefully as granular as possible, that's crucial. Second, the actual queries and that are doing that are doing these transforms, right? Let's even check it in Git. We know what that is. And third is put the temporal aspect. Like when did when did this happen, right? Uh, that's a great example. We did this thing for for discounts. That discount was for customers a year ago. You should not be using that, right? Um, so the next is audience. So who is this? Who is the documentation for? I mean. For one point, it's obviously for other data engineers, right? But how do we connect that? And to, I think the point that Annette is making right now is how do we connect this, or should it be connected also for the business side? So who's you? How, how, let's talk about audience. Yeah. So I think again, this is really depending on obviously who's going to be using it, right? So if this is um, something that goes into an analysis for your business users to make make business decisions based on, um, they might not need to know that exact lineage of which column in the source table it came from, but they do need to know how fresh the data is, right? They do need to know other aspects of the data to make sure that what they're seeing represents reality. So, so if you're, if you're, you know, if you're, if your audience is, is internal, it's more technical, if it's, if it's people who are going to be actually working on queries or working directly with the data, that's when you need that more column information, the specific transforms that happen, the specific formulas that were, that were done. Um, for this business-friendly view, you might, you might not need all of that information, but you do want to know, um, you know what, I think recency is, is the biggest thing you want to make sure of, is, is this data up to date? And then you know, if you have done any of those changes in, in the transforms to, 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 to alter the results that you're seeing, you need to know that. It might just be a change log uh, that you see attached to an analysis. So would it be, is this an overgeneralization? I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm hearing you and I'm thinking right now, if detailed documentations going down to the nitty gritty, that is more for a technical audience and more kind of higher level, uh, let's say less granular documentation, that's more for, for kind of business consumers, business users. W would that be a type of, I mean, would you agree with that? I think, yeah, I think that's absolutely fair. Uh, and you, you just got to think about what do the people who are consuming this information, what do they need to know to make a good decision, right? So that's, that's really what I would say you would base that on. And I think that your distinction of a business user and technical user is a a broad but useful distinction. That's really interesting. Uh, and you know, this makes me think a little bit about, you know, we've this has come up a few times in our past episodes, the different personas that are involved in the data process. And, you know, we've talked about sort of two larger classes of folks that that aren't the data consumers, right? That those are the downstream folks are sort of your data producers who are sort of the creators and the and the, maybe the technical owners of various sort of systems and things like that. And then you've got the the data enablers or the data stewards, or you know, we've talked about data product managers, sort of the folks that are sort of a curating force and a and a steering force to sort of surface the right things. You know, are you know, kind of sounds like what you're saying. Well, is that like there's a a role for each of of those personas, both the sort of the producers as well as the enablers, to partake in documentation, and and maybe just their roles are a little different. Maybe one's a little bit more technical, one's a little less, and and the audience they serve is a little different. Does that does that sound right? 
Yeah, I would agree with that completely. And I think, and I think when you talk about uh, personas, especially that that person in the middle who who is the uh, perhaps the owner, the 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 data steward for whatever this product is, they're the ones who are really in charge of making sure that all this documentation happens, right? So they might uh, not produce it, they might not uh, consume it, but they're making sure that that all of that information is being passed along and, and as you said, curated. So up to now, I, I think we're all in an ag agreement here what we're saying, but th this is kind of pretty abstract in the sense of where does this actually live? So physically, what am I going to document? Like, am I going, so we say we're going to document a SQL query. Like I have a text file of a SQL query and I'll put the comments on hash. I mean, a, a comment above the SQL query. And then that's that file. And where does that get saved? And where do I save the, the documentation for the columns? Like where do, I mean, how do you actually start from this? And, and where do we actually, where does this actually live? It all goes in Slack. Yeah. Slack. Oh, okay. <laughs> Your master. Sorry, I can. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Problem solved. Let's just put everything in Slack. We're done. Just, just chat it. Just chat it back and forth. It, no, lives in, it lives in Will's account. Everybody goes and asks Will directly, right? And, and Will just copy and paste it from previous Slack messages. That's anyway. the problem we're trying to solve, right? I mean, obviously, we people will sometimes put it in uh, a spreadsheet, right? But I, I think we know that there's there's better tools, right? Yeah, and I, I think that it it is. Uh, I think that is still very much an open question, Juan. I think that's part of what we're trying to figure out. You know, we've, we've done it, first of all, we haven't done a great job with documentation in general attached to data. And we're just starting to figure out this is something that needs to be done. Where do we store it? I think, you know, in the ideal case, that, that data about the data gets stored as close to the source as possible, right? So if you can write it back to the view, if you can store it in that, in for example, in a description column in the view, then anyone who accesses that view has access to that information. Um, you, you say spreadsheet jokingly, uh, Tim, but I think a spreadsheet is a good place to get started, at least at least to collect everything. You know, we do a lot of work, for example, with, uh, with business glossaries, right? And it's the same kind of thing. This documentation might live in somebody's head. Some of it lives in Slack. The first thing is to collect it all. So if a spreadsheet is the easiest way for you to collect all of that information, it's not wrong. I, I think you can do better. I think you can get more sophisticated, but that's a good starting place. And then once, once you, you move behind, beyond that, then that's where you start talking about data catalog, right? Like that's where you have, uh, you start talking about, you know, data.world or, or some other vendor, and you have, uh, you, have, uh, you have that data and it's stored, you know, in the same, it's, it's connected to the data. Even if it's not uh, physically connected to the data, at least whatever you're cataloging, it's in the logical representation, it's all, it's all right there. So in an ideal world, we should be really pushing the documentation down to the actual description uh, fields of columns and databases, right? Uh, which I, how many times people actually do that? I mean, I, I, I think I can literally count on one hand the amount of times I have seen extracted the SQL DDL of a database and you'll actually get a comment, a comment that people, that whoever's written there, that one. And second, if there is, you completely doubt it because you don't know when was, I mean, you don't know when, who did it, when did it, if, yeah. if it's actually true or not. So 
part of me is like, yeah, it's, it makes sense to try to push the, the documentation closer to the data, but even like the data systems themselves are not prepared for that. Yes, yeah. I can go add, add descriptions in, in for every column directly in SQL so it's stored, but I can't trace any of the provenance of when that description is or anything. So, so yes, I should do that there, but there's actually reasons why you would not want to do that. So I think this is an opportunity. This is just an example of how the enterprise data management is really thinking the same way for the last 20, 30 years. Like we, I mean, if we really would have, if we really would treat data, as I mentioned before, with the respect that it deserves, we would be giving this type of uh, metadata features, let them be first-class citizens within your databases. And we're so far away from that. And that's why you have to have uh, things like data catalogs. Yeah, which is given an opportunity, I guess, for us. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, I was definitely speaking from an ideal world scenario, right? Like the tools themselves don't really allow you to do uh, documentation as it should be done. Like you said, you know, this, it's got a comment on it, but who knows when that was updated? That's that's a whole nother pile of worms in itself. Uh, so, so yeah, so I think there's still um, there's still a lot of room there for improvement, and I think. Before, before we get the vendors to all allow this, this functionality, I do think data catalog is, is the solution for now. So as I always say, 30 minutes fly by, that's it. <laughs> so let's do a round of takeaways. Tim, go, what, what's your takeaway out of this discussion? Yeah, sure. So one of my biggest takeaways was early on when we were talking about success, you know, what does success look like for documentation? And I think that, you know, uh, you mentioned, uh, well, keeping it up to date, sort of just the right amount of information, really making sure that it's useful to the use case, um, and really thinking about um, sort of your audience and, and sort of how they can, they can engage with it based on, you know, what they're going to use it for and their level of technicality. And so I think, I think that's important, defining success, because then you can really think about how you incentivize and encourage the right levels of documentation in your org and get people actually doing it and implement a peer review process that people will follow, right? Will, what's your takeaway here? Uh, my takeaway is probably your last point, Juan, is how naive we still are with regards to, to data and with regards to even being able to do it the right way. It's not even a, an option a lot of the time. Uh, that's, that's great. My, I, I, this last point is my takeaway is documentation should live as close as possible to the data, but that's in an ideal world and it's still an open question. And I think right now what's filling that gap and that need are data catalogs. Uh, but there's, all, there's a huge opportunity here and it's not just about the technology, it's about the people and about the processes. Well, Will, thank you so much. Appreciate uh, spending some time here and chatting about documentation because hey, we all love documentation, right? Everybody loves documentation. We gotta really make it cool again, okay? There we go. <laughs> all right, happy Wednesday, everybody. Cheers, y'all.